Hey Jeff. Hello. Um, so we're now doing a video looking at bleeding on anticoagulation. So hopefully we can go into some detail with this. Um, so let's go on to the next slide. So first of all, Jeff, I'm going to ask you <laughs> to give us a nice. bit more detail. <laughs> give us a bit more detail about these anticoagulants, just because this is something that is bread and butter in hematology and we do get asked about this a lot um, as registrars. Um, so just to kind of give a brief summary about all these anticoagulants and how they work um, just for our candidates who are applying. Sure. Um, so there are plenty of anticoagulants out there and these are the main ones that we see uh, in day-to-day -day practice. Um, so you could sort of roughly divide them into three categories. The first is heparin-based. Uh, you've got unfractionated heparin and low molecular weight heparin. Secondly, you've got warfarin, which is um, uh, a type of vitamin K antagonist. Um, and then you've got the newer DOACs um, that are out in the market for the last couple of years. Um, the bigger trend, apexaban, adoxaban, rifroxaban. In terms of the uh, mechanism, they all work very differently. Um, unfractionated heparin, you may come across it more often as an infusion um, in patients who need a quick on-off and also um, someone who uh, has got renal impairment. Um, because you can monitor the level and you want you can titrate according to how much anticoagulation effect you would like to achieve. Low molecular weight heparin, on the other hand, is, as you know, we use that as an injection, subcut injection, so in set syringes. So it's not as easy as unfractionated heparin in terms of um, titration. Um, warfarin, um, again, um, is um, not um, uncommon still. We still see quite a few patients on mm -hmm. warfarin, although mostly they have been taken over by DOACs, but there are still very specific indications um, that you would still use warfarin in. And obviously, um, they need to be uh, very clear, carefully monitored uh, by INR test, um, which is a bit of a hassle, especially for elderly patients. But especially in renal impairment, we do use warfarin a lot. Mm -hmm. DOAX um, is a huge, you know, revolution in clotting world. Um, the bigger trend is a thrombin inhibitor. Okay, um, fa factor two, you know, and um, apexaban, uh, edoxaban, rifroxaban. So you can see the XA in the spelling. They are anti-10As. Okay, they're 10A inhibitors. So this, they work slightly differently. Um, so yes. Yeah, that's great, Jeff. Thank you very much. Um, so I think moving on to the next slide. Um, so this is something that you may get asked about in the interview um, to our candidates out there. So um, 
if the interviewer should ask you about uh, bleeding on heparin, um, maybe Jeff, you can go through this sort of what would be the tests that you would do in these patients and what is the reversal agent that you would give and any, any extra you know, information we should be aware of, particularly with the reversal agents as well? Sure. Um, so the answers are on the slide. <laughs> <laughs> um, so UFH, so unfractionated heparin, we normally measure APTT. As you have seen a lot of hospital protocols, there's a table of mm -hmm. how much you give and how much you in increase or decrease based on the APTT. You can also measure um, the effect by anti-10A. So the difference between unfractionated heparin and low-molecular heparin, um, they act on something called antithrombin um, and potentiate the effect, which is one of the mechanisms. So unfractionated heparin um, would, um, has more effect on um, factor uh, 10 and factor 2, okay? Low molecular weight heparin, because it's got a low molecular weight, it is shorter. It it cannot act on two factors equally. So it preferentially, uh, preferentially uh, acts on factor 10. Um, so uh, for low molecular heparin, we usually measure anti-10A yeah. to measure the level, whereas uh, unfractionate heparin, you could also use APTT, um, which is most commonly used. In terms of reverse reversal agents, uh, there's something called protamine you may have heard of. Um, it is um, used to uh, reverse the heparin. It can be uh, used to reverse low molecular weight heparin as well, but not as effectively. Uh, comparing to unfractionated heparin, but it still has sort of certain uh, action on it, about sort of 30%, um, as opposed to maybe 70% of the unfractionated heparin. Um, depending on the timing, so discuss with hematologist, definitely, um, because if uh, the heparin, uh, unfractionated heparin half-life is very, very short. Um, if it is, you know, the next day, you probably, there's nothing left to reverse. So mm -hmm. have a discussion. And uh, low molecular weight heparin is the half-life slightly longer. So you may want to still use protamine. Um, protamine, do you know what it is made from? Priya, I'm asking you a question. Back at you. <laughs> um, oh gosh, you put me on the spot here, but I, uh, I know it's something to do with fish. <laughs> yes, it's made from um, salmon. So, <laughs> uh, patients who have got fish allergy, be very careful because it can cause a very severe allergic reaction. Um, so, do ask about that first. Um, but in a nutshell, the answers are on the slide. If you are ever asked, um, unfractionate heparin, guided by APTT antitene, low molecular heparin, guided yeah. by antitene, and you have a choice of whether you can you, you want to use protamine to reverse either of those, also depending on the timing of the last dose. Yeah. Okay. Thank you.
Absolutely. And, and never forget to just general things like general hemostatic measures. So, you know, the basic things like um, stopping the drug, <laughs> stopping the drug <laughs> um, and um, the tranexamic acid, which you probably hear a lot of us using quite a lot. So there's no harm in sort of mentioning that in your interview question if you're asked. Um, so that's great, Jeff. Um, so moving on to the next slide. Um, so this is something I'm sure everyone has dealt with in A&E. Um, so how would you deal with a patient who is bleeding and is on warfarin? Right. So you look at the INR, okay, <laughs> which is derived <laughs> from the PT, from the prothrombin time. So INR is specifically designed to measure the level of warfarin in the blood. Um, there you've got two choices, um, sort of sub acutely. Okay, it's not a life-threatening bleed. You could use vitamin K only. So, if, for example, if someone is going for theatre or going to a procedure but don't need to get into theatre overnight, you may give some vitamin K to try and reverse the effect of warfarin and wait uh, for the INR to come down. Uh, obviously, stop the warfarin. Um, if it is more a life-threatening situation and you need to immediately reverse all the warfarin effects, you could flush um, the body with clotting factors, um, which by using prothrombin complex concentrate. Um, the most common ones that we have uh, in hospitals are either Baroplex or Autoplex. Mm, you may yeah. have heard about that. Um, and these are concentrated uh, factors that are inhibited by um, warfarin. Do you know what those four are, Priya? So it's two, seven, nine, and 10. Two, seven, nine, and 10. Um, so there are four factors, PCC, or three factors, PCC, but most hospitals have four factors, PCC. They are very short-acting, so it, you can... It, basically just flush the body with the concentrated factors and overwhelm the body um, to get rid of the warfarin effect, but it doesn't last. So you still need to give vitamin K so that once the PCC effect has worn off, you've got the vitamin K kicking in a few hours later to keep the warfarin level, um, you know, eliminated. Okay, so um, depend, I would say assess the situation, how severe the bleeding is, uh, and you've got a choice of giving vitamin only, vitamin K only, or both PCC and vitamin K. Okay, great. Um, so let's move on to the next scenario. Um, so this is something that you may get asked about is a bleeding on DOAX. Um, if you want to kind of go through these, um, Jeff, so quite a lot to go through in this slide, I have to say. Sure, sure. So we split them, split them into the bigger trend and the 10A inhibitors on the other side. So let's start with the bigger trend, which is a thrombin inhibitor. Thrombin is from prothrombin, so it's at you know factor two level. Um, what do you test? You could there are quite a few things that we could test actually, but uh, thrombin time is very sensitive. So if the thrombin time is completely normal, 
you are quite sure that there's no more dubicotran in the system. Okay, it's very sensitive to the dubicotran. Um, if thrombin time is still prolonged, um, then there is still some dubicotran in the system. Okay, so you may want to reverse um, um, the dubicotran. Um, you have got two choices again. Um, you, you can, again, because PCC contains factor two, remember two, seven, nine, ten, uh, you can give PCC. Um, the theory is the same. You want to give a concentrated level to counteract the, the bigger trend effect. There's a um, specific antidote to the bigger trend. It's called idorosizumab. Um, it it quite commonly stocked in hospitals now. So you can also discuss with your senior colleagues to get access to use that. Um, also very controversial in terms of which one so it, uh, to use. Uh, obviously very different in price. Um, both work quite similarly. A little bit sort of different data that here and there about thrombotic risk and bleeding risk, but um, so discuss and it mainly really depends on your access into these drugs. They are equally um, now going on to 10A inhibitors, um, you could measure them by doing anti-10A levels as suggested uh, or drug levels, which is uh, derivatives of the anti-10A levels, okay? Um, when you send the sample to the lab, you do need to state which of these um, uh, uh, DOAC that you're trying to measure <laughs> because the lab wouldn't be able to guess. Mm. Um, now, again, you can um, give PCC 27910, it's yeah. got factor 10. Um, and there is also an antidote for apexaban and rifloxaban, not edoxaban. And the NICE guidelines has only sort of approved the use in GI bleed mm. in England. In Scotland, it includes uh, intracranial bleed as well. Um, so the theory is the same. You, it depends on how easily you can have access to these drugs and obviously discuss with your senior colleagues uh, when you want to uh, make a decision on this. Brilliant. Yeah, that's great. Um, I think another thing to add for dibigatran is that um, it's it's renally excreted. Um, so sometimes patients who get overdose and they have kidney failure, um, I think an option to consider is dialysis. It's not commonly done, um, but it is something that can be done in someone who's got very high levels of dibigatran and bleeding, and their kidneys have failed. So that's just another thing to be aware of too. Um, but that's great, that's Jeff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so great. So then moving on to the next one, which is a, a little bit of, I think we're finishing on a slightly more challenging one. Um, so this is something we do get called on as well, is someone who's bleeding and they've been taking an antiplatelet agent, such as clopidogrel or aspirin, or more commonly now, ticagrelor as well, which is um, given quite a lot in cardiac patients. So um, what would you do, Jeff, <laughs> in this situation? <laughs> so... You you can't reverse these 
yeah. <laughs> uh, medications, unfortunately, once you've taken, you kind of need to wait it out. One thing you could do is to give platelets, mm. platelet transfusion. Um, again, um, how well it works, don't know. Um, but uh, you can try, try and give a pool or two of platelets if someone is actively bleeding on antiplatelets, uh, just to give some fresh cells in the body to try and achieve some hemostasis. Perfect, that's great. Um, so I think that's it, really. So I think we've covered everything you need to know about bleeding and anticoagulation. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Jeff? Or Not from me, anything mm -hmm. You no, no, ask. that's great. Thank you. You answered my grilling very well. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank <so> you. I <laughs> hope you guys found that useful and uh, thank you very much.